Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the Help Myself Podcast. I am your host, John M. Singletary Sr. Y'all know what it is. I got to put that senior in there because I got my junior, my heart, the reason why I do what I do, John M. Singletary Jr., a.k.a. LJ, also known as the co-pilot. But look, I'm not going to belabor that point. We are excited to have you here for another episode of the Help Myself podcast. And today I am super excited because we have our very first guest on the Help Myself podcast remix. So this is going to be my first live interview, y'all. So bear with me, you know, if I'm out here acting crazy. No, no, no. But but the person that I have the uh, pleasure of bringing up is amazing and uh she's always talking all this noise about you know is she nervous and this that and the other blah 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 but listen whenever she comes on screen she just lights up the entire screen so uh her energy her personality all of that so i'm excited to introduce to all of you kalisha patrice of hello black man Hey there, how are you? Hey, I'm wonderful, how are you? It's always amazing to hear how other people view <laughs> and think of you. Because like, I'm just over here, a little Southern country girl with a big mouth <laughs> that's talking crazy. And, and be, look, if you, I have, I probably have a circle of one, maybe two friends because I'm that friend that's super blunt. And I just say whatever comes up. So people don't fool me. <laughs> I, think, I think that was what it was that really made me like, hey, you know, I want to have her on the show. And, you know, not only are you super blunt, but I like the way that you're able to see multiple sides to a conversation. In some cases, it's arguments. But I would, like, so matter of fact, man, let me let you introduce yourself. Because you, we're going to jump right into it. Jump right into it. Let the people know who you are. I, you know, I am that person who you said I was. <laughs> and I do, like, I value other people's opinions. And I think that the problem with society today is that a lot of people don't. But let me tell people why, because we're going to get into that in a minute. I am Kalisha Patrice. I'm from... So I live in Jackson, Mississippi, or the Jackson, Mississippi area. I am from a small town, um, South Mississippi, called... A small town called Fresh Off... No, let me stop. Called, called Fayette. I'm straight out of Fayette, Mississippi. I, for a long time, I've never told people that because it is a very poverty-stricken town with nothing that grows. Like, literally, the town has maybe has one store since I lived in the past 20 years, but it's some new administration. Some of my um, very own classmates and colleagues have been working and they are renovating the gyms. I'm so proud of them. Shout out to the community of Fayette. You guys are doing a great job. I actually graduated from Natchez High School. I'm a proud alumni of Alcorn State University, the greatest HBCU in the land. <laughs> and I am a member of Sigma Gamma Rho Incorporated. I don't know how many people know that because I don't really advertise a lot, but I am a servant. I am definitely um, greater service to greater progress. So that's me in a nutshell. Awesome, awesome, <laughs> awesome. And we're really going to get into why we brought you in here. But I think 
just from the whole spectrum, your personality and everything will be good. And and I get you on the on the the BGLO part because a lot of people are not uh, familiar with the fact that I'm a member of Iota Phi Theta fraternity. Oh, hey, yeah. Cool. Cool. Uh, yeah, yeah, you know, but uh, I, I got a bunch of buddies that then pledge different fraternities: Omega, Kappa, Alpha, and there I call them Neos because I've been in since fall of 1997. So. Skin in the game. <laughs> like Kevin Hart say, dang. <laughs> <laughs> Look, no one on Instagram says you were 75. Come on now. Come on now. <laughs> I want to tell you, um, so do you know LeVar Walker? He's an internet comedian. I posted him on my page the other day. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. I thought that's who you were talking about. Uh I've actually seen him on a couple of comedy shows, man. He's hilarious. Do you know how old he is? Well, he Does he have a background in like, um, uh, he's a pharmacist? He is a pharmacist. A background in pharmacy. So when he was telling that story about people, I said, yo, he can't be young because he's been doing this for a minute. He can't be, right? But he carries himself and he looks, his, his skin is immaculate. And when he told me he was 62 years old, what? I was like, what? Exactly. Exactly. What? exactly. <laughs> Do you see what I'm saying? I was not ready. Yeah, I wasn't ready either. Like when I met him at the club, you know, we talked, we sat down and had a little conversation. And he um he was like, What what's your sign? And I was like, I'm a Virgo. He was like, Me too. I'll be 63 and 15. And I'm like, I'm sorry, what? Come again? <laughs> right. Come again? He looks so young. He does. He really looks good for his age. But he, does ahead, spot on, he does a spot on T.I. impression, too. <laughs> <laughs> he, he does many impressions. And to be so, he is actually an exemplary um, for people who are doing things and want to get into something else. Because when he said he was 62, like he literally just got into this game. Like he'd been doing this maybe five, six years of comedy thing. And so he's now on the show. Yeah, the first time my son was on the Shaq comedy, um, the, what do you call it? The All-Star. Right. Yeah, I saw him on that the right. first so, time. You know, follow your dreams. But he's hilarious. Like He is. He is so funny. But he's relatable funny, you know, and that's what makes it. <laughs> Really funny. Okay, so anyways, go back to you. Yeah, you about to make you. me start doing this joke. Let me so so Kalisha introduced herself. Let me let me tell you. So every time I have somebody on the show, there's always like there's a a, a moment of inspiration. There's a moment of where I say, Hey, you know, there's something about that person I really like to have them on the show. Because obviously, with the Help Myself podcast, uh, here I want to talk about um inspiration overcoming odds, uh, doing something of service and value to community and to mankind. And so you met all of those markers, but what made you really stand out is we had you on the real shop talk. I believe it was the first or the second late night that we did. I think it was, yes, this was in August because at the time I was in Mississippi when you came on. So I was in, uh, I, I was in Biloxi. I was in Biloxi. I was in Gulfport. So um, same thing to us folks that's not from Mississippi. <laughs> right. But um you was on the coast. <laughs> I was on the coast. I was on the coast. So you came on 
and the way you were handling the fellas, you know, because they they came on and they were like, you know, we need to protect this. And you was like, well, what about this? What about that? And they were going at you and you were handling your own. And again, like I said in the intro, I love the way you could navigate both sides of the argument. There was no, like, you couldn't be pinned up to just look at it one way, even and, and we do this because on our platform, we have a healthy, uh, evolving respect for women, especially black women. And we want to position ourselves as allies and supporters. And so uh, at times, you know, we're really trying to go in there and be supportive. But what I loved what you did was you was like, yo, it's not monolithic. We can see it this way or that way. We don't all just want this. We want that. And you just, <laughs> I don't think that I thoroughly enjoyed your interview. I don't think that they were ready, but I think you ran that whole interview. It was a great time and I thoroughly enjoyed it. And I'm so grateful that you uh, came on the show. Listen, um, Kalisha had me in my feelings, man. She said, hey, what's your address? I want to send you something. And she sent me the Hello Black Man Journal. And uh, I had a picture with me in my T-shirt, but I was having technical difficulties and I couldn't load it so I could show it to y'all. I'm looking at it right here on my screen, but I can't share the screen. So, you know, I'm in my feelings about that. But, you know, and your energy and your support of us across all platforms, you log into any show or anything that we're doing, we're interviewing, and you support us so much. And we truly appreciate you. And so I'm just happy to have you on the show. And I'm not going to take up all the time with my talking. I want to give you some time so we can talk about you. But I had to start there and just tell you how much I appreciate who you are, what you bring to the table, what you're doing across all platforms. Like, I'm looking at you on your Instagram. I'm like, man, she sure do be with all the comedians I love. You know what I'm saying? So, so I'm networking just across all spectrums, you know. I think. I think me and uh, me and Kalisha got separated at birth or something because I see a lot of my my interests and passions. Okay. And, I'm gonna show you. Look at me! Look at me! Look I'm looking at that picture. And I'm you like, fly. you fly though, for real. They don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> I need to fly to the gym. That's what I need to do, man. I'm carrying this uh, COVID ten right now, you know. So I enjoy having you guys on the Hello Black Man podcast too, because I got to see a very different side of you guys. Because like you do your thing on your show, but you never know what you're gonna encounter on somebody else's show. And so, whereas I know that a lot of times you take the back seat because you're surrounded by people who talk a lot. You definitely came through, and I have saw you come through more often after the fact <laughs> than you were in the first place. In the beginning, you were just like, these dudes talking enough. <laughs> but now, I'll be like, okay, so I was thinking, you better tell them what's on your man. <laughs> no, no. See how that works. So you try to hijack my interview. See, you doing it. You man, doing it. I will do it. <laughs> uh, how that works is... Uh, you know, you understand the roles that everybody plays. Indeed. It's like being a side chick. Know your place. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I kid. I kid. See, that's my kind of joke right there. <laughs> Stay in your place. Know your lane. Know your lane. And the guys have such, you know, well-defined lanes. And really, my strength is building teams. And, you know, I, I enjoy setting people up to put them in the positions that make them comfortable. And uh, so I enjoy kind of just facilitating in there. Like there's no need. 
I don't have any desire to hear my voice a lot. And so, and they always push me saying, Hey, you need to talk more, but I'm like, I enjoy hearing all of your perspectives. And when I feel like a point is, you know, really being like, I have no problem saying, I don't have anything to add. You said it all, unless I have something that I feel is unique to add. So I kind of enjoy playing that role in that position in the group to kind of, you know, set the table a little bit. Me and Derek, Derek is definitely, he, he, he builds the table sets the table and I do everything I can to assist him in his efforts because he really, uh, man, let me not get on out that. We here talking about you. All right. But do you know what setting the table means? Yes, I do. Cause I'm a table setter. I make sure that everybody. Do you know what it means in the erotic world? No. Cause, um, We'll talk about that out here. <laughs> yeah, because right now, you know what I'm saying? My erotic life is very non-existent. So I don't know nothing about the erotic world, man. Okay, Nelly. My, my... <laughs> we can do this all day. We're going to act right, though. We're going to do this. That was not, that was a dig for sure, because Nelly is catching heat. And we're not going to talk about Nelly on the Help Myself podcast. All right, y'all? <laughs> but hey, let's start off with this. What inspired you to do what you're doing? Everything, oh my god, whatever you want to get started on inspiration. Talk. I mean, let there is inspiration in everything in life, right? From you guys to what y'all do and to how the camaraderie that y'all have, and um, just the way that y'all are bringing so much to the forefront for black men, and y'all are talking about the most vulnerable places and things that is inspiring because. What we created is a platform for that type of energy. So I am definitely inspired by what you guys are doing. I cannot wait till we can collaborate, till we can actually be traveling and getting spaces and mentoring people and, and helping young Black men to be better, to be more open, be more vocal, because y'all doing something I've never seen before. So let's start there. You guys are inspiration to the highest. Um, before I met you guys, what inspired this journey into the Hello Black Man journals is um, the lack of communication. So I met my now partner in a very vulnerable space. Like he was not who he is today. And he was very close, very standoffish, kind of like you. And um, I could tell <laughs> that he needed, you know, a way to communicate now let me start from that's not how the the journal started the journal started because he had a son that came to live with him and he he realized that he and his son were not communicating the way that he wanted to communicate so he was like i don't know what to do like he needs to know to take the trash out i should have to tell him every monday and thursday to take the trash out so he was like but i gotta get in his mind and he was like i don't know how but he as a child i know that writing helped me so what do you think about us doing a journal line? And I was like, hey, I'm on for it. Because if, if anybody knows me, I am a Southern girl and I am by far the most submissive, most supportive individual in the world. It doesn't matter if he wants to build a bridge. I'm like, hey, babe, let's do it. Let's figure out how to get it done. Where's the material? We got this. And that's just the type of person I am, not just for him, but people who are in my circle. Because if you don't support each other, you know, there's no way that you grow. You know, we, I can't pull you up if we're not lifting one another up collectively. So he was like, this is what I want to call it. Hello, Black man. 
I was on my way home. I remember like it was yesterday. I was on the interstate going 90 miles per hour from the cops. Um, and I was like, <clears throat> I said, so this is what we got to do. Let's see if the, um, let's see if the, the website is available. Let's see if there's a domain available for that. And I said, if the domain is available, we are moving forward. We are pushing to get this out. I searched the domain going 75 on the interstate. I slowed down a little bit and um, <laughs> the domain was available. So I purchased the domain immediately. And when we got home, we collected the kids, we started working on it, and we birthed the journal, the first initial journal, Hello Black Man. And as he tells the story, you know, a lot of the things, he didn't meet his father till he was about 13 years old. So a lot of the things that we were putting in the journal, he realized he didn't know about his own dad. You know, so that led to a conversation between him and his dad that also brought in his son so that we all could learn to communicate better. We have grown so much as a family, as partners, as mother, daughter, sons, because now instead of it being a mundane day-to-day -day situation where, hey, get in here, do your homework, do your chores, go to bed, I'm going to work, don't talk to me, don't look at me. We have these tools that we can sit down and really get to know each other and understand one another. Because I'm going to be honest, I have a daughter. I have two sons and a daughter. Well, collectively, I have six, but... Um, my biological children, I have a 16-year-old son, a 15-year-old daughter, and a 7-year-old son. My daughter was like my arch enemy. Like, I couldn't stand her. Like, she sucked the energy out of me, and I didn't know why. But it's because she reminded me of me, and I wanted her to be better than I am and I was. So as I'm trying to push her to be better, she's fighting against that because she wants to know, like, why she need to be better. If I was like this, then why she can't be like this? And so these journals have really allowed me to get inside her mind, to understand her, to be more open with her about things that I normally wouldn't because she's that type of child. She wants to talk about sex and she wants to talk about boys. And I don't want to talk about that because that's not what my parents talked about me to me. They didn't tell me about that. So like she comes in and she's like, this boy was touching me on the bus. And I'm like, Ugh! That's like, I don't want to hear that. <laughs> so, but this is what we got to do. It's like, write about it. Tell me everything that happened. And the boy lives around the corner. And I'm like, I'll go talk to him. Like, we can handle this. This is not a problem. So, honestly, if you're not a good verbal communicator, write things down. You do not understand how much you can put into the world, how much you can grow, how much you can expand when you write things down. I'm a writer. I've always been a writer. So I want to get something done, I'm going to write it down. So that's how I got to where I am. That's why I'm inspired. My children, my man, you guys, the world, inspiration is everywhere. <laughs> inspiration is everywhere. Listen, I hear you on that uh, sometimes not being able to stand your kid, man. I think that's where you see the the beauty in my son and our, our relationship is because there's so many things about him that's different. He's extroverted. But there's a lot of stuff where we're alike, and that's where we bump heads. I tell people, if you watch us for five minutes, we'll oscillate between loving and ready to kill each other about three, four times. So <laughs> the line is thin. I almost killed her like seven times last night because we were we were doing something, and she just wanted to. She she likes to challenge me, and I don't yeah. like that. Me, me and my smallest son, we don't get along either because like. 
he's that child that I would have been done with if I hadn't had him. So I'm just like, he want to come and ask me like to make him a sandwich and stuff. And I'm like, no, no, leave me alone. All <laughs> so, y'all that are watching this in horror, this is her unique sense of humor. She loves her baby. <laughs> this no, is me. No, it's literal. It's literal. <laughs> Nobody taking you. Send help for me. Send help. Send for, help for me. This is what we Look, a maid, whatever y'all got, send all okay. this. That's, that's what I'm talking about. A maid, a chef, a personal assistant, all that. I love my kids and I keep them alive. Y'all can't ask too much more than that. <laughs> whatever. We're not listening to you. <laughs> But tell us more about the, um, so before we were talking about, now there are 11 versions of the Hello Journal. So tell us about, name off those 11, talk about them. This okay. is all here. Okay, I got you, I got you. So the, they are on Amazon. I want to say that first and foremost, but you can also get them um, at our website, helloblackman.com. And initially, like I said before, we started with Hello Black Man. Hello Black Man led to Hello Black Woman. Hello Black Woman led to Hello Black Child. Child led to teen because we realized that teenagers don't like to be called children. Um, teenager led to couple, which Hello Black Man, Hello Black Woman, couple. Couple is a very unique journal because it has um, two different sides. It has one for partner one, partner two. It's very um diverse so there's no sexual obligations or gender roles whatever you desire whatever you go by it's available in the journals um and it has activities that you guys can do and just write down about the activities we also have <laughs> we also have entrepreneur educator lgbt plus community um the journey journal which is not race um Based. <laughs> Anybody can write in the journey journal. We have a website specifically for that. It's called startyourjourney.com. And we have Hello Black College Student and Hello Black First Responder. I feel like that's all of them, but like I lost count along the way. So that's a couple hours. So you got coached. I like that. <laughs> You heard my coach in the background? Yeah, I heard that. <laughs> Did not do what I asked, but, you know, I cannot. These are a few. Entrepreneur, couple, men, and teen I have right here. Available, so. Awesome, awesome. And we have apparel. As you can see, I'm wearing my earrings. John mm. showed his shirt earlier, so. Whatever you I, I need to add the earrings to my shirt, you know, matching. You know what I'm saying? What or, do you or you can get some for your girlfriend. Yeah, but it's a little early. I, I haven't met her yet. So. No, no. Just like, have you heard the story about the girl that bought her um, tender guy cigar? My my coach is like, <laughs> all in the background loud. I heard that story, but she had met him. She hadn't met him prior yeah. to. No, I thought she, she had not met him. She had met him. See? She bought that for the now. first date. She bought that for the first date. She right. The first date. Mama made the list. But she had met him. She had met him. She, she, dad had a conversation. They had set up a date. I'm not there yet, so. I'm gonna listen. Um, I, you know, I will hijack your interview because now I got questions for you. 
Well, so, before you get to my question. Wait, wait. So, hello. Yeah, wait, wait. a black woman? Because let's just think about that before you buy earrings anyway. Like, wait, what? Are you, are you specifically dating black women? Or are you yeah. dating outside of your race? I, I was just asking. I'm just curious. Before I get these earrings and send them to you for your first date, I want to make sure that they will be appropriate for the first date. <laughs> you know what I, I need you to do? Listen, we appreciate you so much for all of the free stuff that you send, but you are an entrepreneur. I need you to be selling them, man. No oh, more free stuff. Listen, I'll buy them. I listen, will buy them. If you really think about it, though, I guess this is the Ivy Park boxes for my people. Because if you think about it, celebrities don't be buying stuff. Like they be, they be getting stuff for free. So they can promote it for their friends and for the people they're around. And I guess that's my idea of how I grow my circle. If well, I see you for speaking that in my life, but I ain't a celebrity yet. So since you I are a celebrity. celebrity, you are a celebrity in my book, and that's all that matters. Because <laughs> if, if five people from your circle come to my page, that's five more people than I had the day before. So, so you know what? We because you know. This is gonna be the year to year. We gonna argue all through, but let, let's at least get to the meat of the the of the interview. Because <laughs> we gonna go back and forth, back and forth, but we'll work it out. Go I'll ahead with the questions, huh? I was like, go ahead with your little questions. <laughs> my little question. Not my little question. See how she did me? Mm -hmm. No, with your little questions. My little questions. My little questions. Well. I have I have question. Who are your biggest inspirations? How about influences? Like somebody personally Ooh. that said, pulled you aside and said, hey, this, that, and the other. So, so I mean, it's more like maybe in a mentor way. Yeah. Or, yeah. yeah, that's a phenomenal question. So very simply put and very um, true to who I am, my father. My father, oh, I'm getting emotional. It's the hormones, it's the estrogen. Um, my father is by far one of the most amazing men I have ever met. And so are his brothers. You know, he has a very good line, lineage, lineage of people who are around him who um, have, has just molded him into the person he is. Like, there is nothing that my father can't do, like in my eyes anyways. Um, I saw him um, build our house from the ground up, from, the, from laying the concrete to doing the walls to the electrical work. I saw him, I helped him. <laughs> like, we did this as a team. So, and, and he, he's owned his own trucking companies. And when we talk about men and talk about communicating and what makes a good dad, so I hear conversations all the time about, well, men don't know this about their kids. Well, my dad didn't sit me down and like, what's your favorite color? Now, what you like to eat? That's not something that he did. But he was a provider by all means of providership. Like he did what he had to do when he had to do it to make sure that we never went without like, and I've seen him suffer in many ways, and yet he smiles all the time. Like, he's, he's had a broken back, a broken neck. He has gone through rehab. He has done so much, and yet he comes out with a smile. And he's the most forgiving person in the world. And I feel like a lot of me is him. Like, everything that I do, I do to make him happy. And 
I think I see a lot of him in my partner. And I think that's why I love him so hard because I know that my dad hasn't always gotten the love that he deserves. So when I got married very young, 17 years old, straight out of high school, um, I got married, got pregnant, got married. So in that relationship, I was more of my mom because my mom is a firecracker. My mom is by far the aggressor in my parents' relationship. Like she the one that start fights. She the one that <laughs> she come in with the heat. And that was me. And I saw myself play out in a relationship to the point where I knew that I didn't get married for the right reasons. We were not in love. We, you know, had sex, had a kid, and we were trying to do what we needed to do to make sure that we worked, but it didn't because I was I was that aggressor. I was pressing the buttons. I was pushing the buttons and finally we separated. And I vowed to myself that if I ever found somebody who actually showed me any appreciation, any love, that I would give them what I never saw my dad have. And that is, you know, the most upright, loyal, most significant type of appreciation and love that one can give. So my greatest influence in life is most definitely my father <laughs> and now my significant other. We are inspiring one another and pushing one another and getting to places that we never would have been if we hadn't found each other. So those are my influences. Man, that was awesome to be able to hear you tell that story. You snuck your mom in there, man. That that that, that was awesome. That yeah, was go awesome. to my page. My dad, we do videos sometimes and he okay. is hilarious. <laughs> Y'all follow me, Kalisha Patrice. He is a car. <laughs> oh yeah, you know. Listen, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be pumping it up. Like, yo, they gonna, they gonna see the clips because yeah. Mm -hmm. so. We're actually, he's taking, he'll be 60 next month, so we're taking him to California this weekend. Okay. So I'm going to document that because you guys have got to see every bit of how he is going to react riding a plane. <laughs> so by the time this interview airs. I may have footage of you taking <laughs> <laughs> and getting away from Mississippi, getting out of Mississippi, which he's traveled a little bit, but never outside of the Slum Belt. He, you know, he got he did some um, work on the oil rigs and stuff when he was younger. So like Florida and Pensacola, Alabama, all those places, but okay. never across the country. So I'm excited about this trip. <laughs> I'm excited for y'all. This is awesome. I can't wait to see. I'm gonna be checking it out. Definitely. Please do. <laughs> Now, with this question, your resilience story, what is your resilience story? But so basically what I'm, I'm asking in this question is what are some odds, something that you shouldn't have overcome, something that really defined who you are, what you do, how you see life? Absolutely. Hey, I understand the question very well. Resilience is something that I pride myself on. Like I'm a... I was a teen mother, 17 years old, fresh out of high school, in a marriage, trying to find my way, trying to discover who I am. So I've been a mother over half my life. <laughs> like my children grew up with me. And to be in a marriage so young, trying to find out who I was, trying to finish school, I managed to not have to leave school. I graduated from nursing school. I became a nurse. Um, within my husband and I, we divorced probably a year or two after I finished nursing school. And um, I 
house, my house was in foreclosure. My vehicles were being repossessed. I was at wit's end. I was at the bottom. Like I did not know what I was going to do. But then think about my father. My father is a survivor and he was my guiding light. You know, I'm going to tell you a really funny story <laughs> about my dad. When I was pregnant with my first son, teenager, you know, I didn't know what was going on, what was happening. I was having some pain one day. Like it was mortifying. Like I was dying and it was just me and my dad at the house. And I was like, dad, I'm dying. Like this pain is killing me. He said to me, matter of fact, look me right in my eyes. And he said, if you die, you won't know it. And that's all I needed. Like, I was like, okay, bet. So I went laying down and went back to sleep. I was like, I'm alive. <laughs> and this is the type of person he is. He's just like me. He's blunt. He's straight to the point. There's no sugarcoat anything. So, you know, I'm at the bottom. Like, I don't know where I'm going to get my kids next meal. I don't know what's going to happen at this point. I'm trying to get my husband lifted out of our house. Our lights are off. And I got a phone call from, um, so I had transitioned from working in the hospital to working at the health department, which was a trash job. If you ever work in public health, know that you don't get paid. People who work in public health don't get paid. That's why they're so angry and have attitudes. So respect those people and just try to go in there with a pleasant attitude. So I got a call from the hospital. They needed a charge nurse, which would triple my salary that I was making at the health department. And, you know, without hesitation, I'm at rock's bottom. I'm, you know, at good sense. Yes, I want it. Yes, I'll take it. I'm coming in to sign the paperwork. So I went in, I took the charge nurse position. Um, I was able to get a new car with my dad's help, my first vehicle. All of my vehicles prior to that had been cash. I had paid cash for them from savings that I had from um, when I was a kid. But um, my dad helped me get a new car. And, um, I was able to get my house out of foreclosure through bankruptcy and stuff to that nature. And I just started just pulling myself up, you know, with bare minimum help. Like my mom and dad would help me with the kids. But of course, you know, they wouldn't go keep them. You know, you got to come get these kids now. <laughs> you know, I don't care what you're doing, what you got going on. You got to go get your children. Get so, them children. Mm -hmm. Like, like, you know, we're not dealing with grandma and grandpa from way back when. Grandma and grandpa, they are not raising children these days. They're going to bring them. They're going to drop them off. You can be at work. They're going to be outside waiting on you <laughs> to get your children. <laughs> so, like I said, I pulled myself out of the trenches. And that situation allowed me to go forth with an attitude that nothing is impossible. You know, if I can pull myself from the lowest what's stopping me from doing it again so nothing stands in my way like it is what it is that is my motto that is what i live by when you meet somebody who has that attitude know that, that you can't get under their skin because it is what it is like life is going to go on even if it don't go on like my daddy said you won't know it so that's my resilient story <laughs> so wait just a real quick thought so you mean to tell me you and your daddy don't believe in that slow death that you feel be like, oh, I did everything I could. I left it all on the table. Yeah. I have no regrets. I have no regrets. <laughs> you look, at the end of the day, once it's over, it's over. <laughs> you can do about it. So. I am in agonizing pain. Listen, if you die, you won't know it. <laughs> Wow. It'd be the simplest advice that people give you. They'd be like, 
Okay, you're right. Cause I I will never forget um when I moved to Jackson, I got I got pregnant with my my little boy in a rebound relationship. That's a whole nother story for a whole nother day. <laughs> and so I moved away from Natchez trying to hide this pregnancy, right? Because I don't want nobody to know I had baby daddies. So I'm like, I'm gonna move away. Nobody's gonna know to this day. People be like, who is this kid and where did he come from? So <laughs> I'm just like <laughs> so I moved here and um I was in between jobs because in Natchez, you got a hospital, you got a nursing home. So you don't have a whole lot of variety when it comes to nursing. When I came here, like the world opened up. Like I could be this, I could do that, I can go here, I can go there. And I was like, oh my God, I had like four jobs in three months. <laughs> That's what I'm so saying. I, I got I got I was working in a nursing home. I ended up getting fired from because I was just too great. That's what the that's what my nurse manager kept saying. You just you were doing everything right. You've you lowered the falls, you've done this, but we're gonna have to let you go. They said I called somebody Uncle Tom. That's why they let me go, but whatever. <laughs> so <laughs> that's neither here nor there. <laughs> so I was in between jobs. I always kept two, three jobs. So losing that main job wasn't a problem because I had these other jobs, you know, that I could keep to balance. I could work more at those, which paid more, but I didn't have benefits at those jobs. So of course mm -hmm. I had to get a real job to keep my benefits. So I got a call from an insurance company. And believe it or not, I, this is probably one of my least favorite things about society. The people who work the hardest make the least. The people who work the least make the most. <laughs> so I got a job with an insurance company and they was like, this is the salary. And I was like, shut the front door. All right, bet. <laughs> I'll be there soon. And so I had this interview and I knew it was a corporate position. And I was like, my hair wasn't long like this. It was short, you know, in the shorter stages. It kind of has a mind of its own. Right. When I pulled up to the, um, I don't even know where this what the story is about, but I'm telling it to you. I'm like, I don't know how it ties into what we're talking about. But I pulled up to, oh, by simple advice, I pulled up to the interview, and my hair was like standing up, you know. And I'm this dark girl with this country accent. I'm like, these people are not gonna hire me, and I felt so defeated before I ever even went in. And so I was like, I had this mentor um, that I. Um, work with in Natchez at the hospital who was very influential. I could have talked about her too, but I talk more about my personal life than my work life. But she, I called her and I was like, Anita, I'm about to go to this interview. These people are of European descent. I am here with this natural hair, this dark skin, this country accent. I've got to present this PowerPoint, they're not going to have me. They're not going to like me. I just know it. And I'm like in full blown tears crying. And she said, if they don't hire you, so what? <laughs> I was like, you're right. You're right. You are right. Like it's the simplest things. Like that we don't even, we, we get so mentally caught up in all of the rigmarole that we don't, we like, if they don't hire me, I'll apply for a job somewhere else. <laughs> you know why you are blunt? Because two of the most influential people in your life are super blunt. Super blunt. She said, so what? And I was just like, girl, you're right. <laughs> they don't hire me. They don't hire me. I went into the interview. They brought in like their CEO of the department, did this PowerPoint. The, the process is normally a six-week process. 
I was hired within that same week. So it, it, it went so well. And, you know, all I had to do was just realize, hey, I'm that chick. Okay. 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 <laughs> I'm glad you know it. I'm glad you know it. <laughs> I didn't, but, you know, it is yeah. what it is. So. There you go. There you go. Look at that. Listen, with all of that stuff you talked about, man, you make this question easy and hard because there's a lot of <laughs> there. But for somebody that is listening to your story and they're interested in any of the things you choose, marketing, entrepreneurship, the medical field, all of this stuff that you do, what do you suggest for anybody that's interested in doing something similar to you? All right, you're you gonna get the bluntest answer you're gonna get, right? <laughs> Just do it. Just like do it. whatever it is. And, and that goes back, that goes back to Just our story. It. That goes back to our story about LeVar Walker, you know, like don't ever give up on something that could be your passion. Because a lot of us spend so much time just making money, you know, just surviving. And life is short. Like, if there's something that you want to do, it doesn't matter how odd it may seem. It doesn't matter if you think people are going to laugh at you. It doesn't matter if you think that it's not for you or others think it's not for you. Try it. Try it. And a lot of people say um, Jack of all trades, master of none. But the full statement is uh, master of none, but more than a master of one or something like that. I have to look it up. But yeah, it, I'd rather be a jack of all trades. I re- I rather try my hand in everything because <clears throat> this is something that my partner and I fight about often. I am a DIYer. I will build our tables. I will remold the house. I will hang the blinds before I call somebody to do it. Like I, I just don't have time. I don't have time to wait. I don't have time to worry about if they're gonna do it right. And he's like, you can't do everything. And I understand it. I respect it. You can't do everything, but you can try. <laughs> and if you don't get it done, then you know, call somebody else. Don't destroy nothing in the process. But I find middle ground. If you look at it something and you want to try to do it and you feel like you can, you should. Yes. Time is a non-renewable resource. So sometimes getting somebody else to do it for you gives exactly. you the time you need for other stuff. Yes, exactly. And I think that's what we that's where we both have just about simple stuff like doing flyers and stuff. And that's what he says too. So you guys are a lot of like, um, he's like, that's time you can use doing something else. And I'm like, mm-hmm. The time I'm going to use trying to find somebody to do it, I could have been a guy done. <laughs> so it's a catch point. Do a SWOT analysis on it, you know, just figure yeah, out. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. But like I said, try because I see people doing stuff that I would have never even thought to do. You know, like wow, like wow, who, who knew that this was something that you could do? So if you have it in your mind, birth that stuff. Don't mm-hmm. die with no great ideas. Like, even if you have to give it to somebody else, write it down, put it somewhere. Yeah. But don't leave here thinking or believing that there's something that you can do and you don't choose to do it. So go for it, whatever go it for. is. Oh, my God. Well, it's hard to ask you questions because you answered them before I get to them. My bad. But whatever. <laughs> so. What's your motto? What's your motto? I, ha- I have a few. Um Betty Wright, uh, half a man is better than a piece of, piece of man is better than no man at all. Or some Betty Wright said. <laughs> Andre Plan. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Betty Wright, though. Betty be coming. They have me in my fist. Don't blame Mr. Charlie. 
I can't with you. I can't with you. All right, see you, see you. Have you have you tried? Uh, you really need to get up on stage no, and uh, do some comedy, man. No, have you tried? Because no. you are hilarious. Listen, <laughs> what is your motto or mantra that you would like to leave the viewers and listeners with? I had to read the question so I can understand it. So when when I was applying for nursing school, so I ended up getting a bachelor's in chemistry before I got into nursing school. I didn't want to get a bachelor's in chemistry, but I I didn't get into nursing school the first time I tried, like the first time I applied. And when I called, you know, there were all of my friends who I knew were blockheads. <laughs> and I was like, how did they get into nursing school? And when I have all these accolades, and I'm not in this program. So I called to the nursing administrator and I was like, hey, my ACT score is this, well above average. My GPA is this. And I know that nobody that has entered into this program has this GPA. Why is it that I didn't get accepted? And she said to me, here we go again. It is what it is. <laughs> And that was the end of the conversation. And I was like, shucks, I guess you're right, bet. So I hung up. I went back to school. I got my degree in um, chemistry. I knew I wasn't going to do anything with that because I didn't want to teach nobody's kids. Like, I, I, <laughs> I didn't like kids like this. So I knew that wasn't an option. And I knew I needed to make quick money because I got kids now. Like, I'm graduating college. I got two kids. I got a husband. I got a house. I got a mortgage. Like, I got to get some money. And this bachelor's in chemistry ain't going to get what I need. So I'm like, I got to get into nursing school. So I went back, got this bachelor's, reapplied for the program, ended up getting accepted the next year. Had to go, you know, two more years of school, which was fine. And, um, you know, here I am today. So it is what it is, guys. It is what it is. And Do not to take that harsh. Listen, you got to understand, because that's one of my favorites. And it is what it is. It's closure for all of you people that need that closure because you don't understand. It is what it is. will give you that closure that you need. It is what it is. You know, I said I said on my Facebook the other day, you cannot make people do what you want them to do, but you no. can let them know what you are and not going to accept. So just be you. Be you. It is what it is. <laughs> and don't blame Mr. Charlie. <laughs> not Mr. Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> if more women took Betty Rice's advice, they would be in happy relationships. Yeah, but then they'd be coming to you as a woman all the time. Like, no, that's... Listen, listen, Barbara, Shirley, I got guns. Don't come over here with that foolishness. <laughs> We're at the Help Myself podcast. Do not uh, <laughs> support violence upon people that come to your house, woman to woman. <laughs> if you come to my house, woman to woman, <laughs> be prepared to walk back. No woman to one woman. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, we need to write you about a good 15 minutes of stand up to get you started because you got the sauce. I'm you got the sauce. Parting thoughts. You got this for you? You doing the parting thoughts? No, this is for you. What are your parting thoughts for us? Okay, so I want to know, first and foremost, are, would you be interested in doing a blind date photo shoot? Is that the one where you got to kiss and all that stuff? You don't have to kiss. Good God, I'm not here. But I mean, if the mood 
I mean, I've seen those and they be so cute, but I don't know, you know, like cute. I'm not as young as I used to be. <laughs> but, you, but you're not as old as you could be. <laughs> but I'm all, I am old as I am. You are as old as you are, and there are women who are as old as you who are in need of a lot of women that are as old as who are in need of a man. So I'm just trying, I'm just trying to see if you be interested. Like we can set that. I don't like older women. Um, I'm just messing. I was like, I'm being argumentative. We we doing what we do. Wait, because because you know I had a comeback. I was like, you like we are doing what we do. Nursing home patients, like (laughs) I'm trying to figure out how much older can they get. It's all love. It's all love. It's all love. <laughs> For real, I'm a sexual. I need some. I need some graphics and stuff like a a, a breaking heart graphic. Like I know, and, and like some some bump bump bump. Yeah, man, you cut me deep right there, man. I, I mean, would do the bump bump if I could get the license into it, but I don't got license into that, so I'm not trying to. A few things in 2022. I want you to stop saying that you're ugly because you're not ugly, and I'm sure you know that. Don't, don't say it. No, I don't care if you're just playing. Don't say it. Don't say it. Don't say it. Are we clear? Okay, that's number one. Parting thoughts. Um, parting thoughts, make sure you guys follow the real shop talk. I'm 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 putting them on blast right now, like because I respect those guys so much. Um Tony Massey, Tony Watts, Derek Jones, Rick Gonter, yours truly John Singletary. I don't think I forgot anybody. Follow those guys, the real shop talk, follow them individually. Be sure to follow Hello Black Man. Um, helloblackman.com is our website. We have podcasts. We're about to go on this phenomenal trip. It's actually a trip for a funeral, but I mean, you know, you gotta make the best of things, okay? <laughs> so we're actually going to go out here and have a good time. I need to go to Santa Monica just because mm-hmm. I feel like I, we went the last time, but it was cold. Like it was freezing. So I want to go back because I want to put on my bathing suit and look cute and do all that kind of stuff and take the photos <laughs> and stuff. So parting thoughts. Um, John, I am so very thankful for this opportunity to be here. As always, when the lights come on, I come on as well. And um <laughs> help yourself, help myself, help somebody. You know, we're here for a reason, we're here for a purpose. Find your purpose. Do not leave this world without doing that. So, again, thank you for allowing me to be here. And I cannot wait till, you know, we can do this again. Man, the pleasure is all mine. We're definitely going to have you uh, and the other co-founder of Hello Black Man. We definitely need to have y'all on here together. So I look forward to that. I look forward to doing more things as our collective. Listen, all of you, this is a young lady that, got on before you see all this energy now she going for my neck <laughs> but, uh, before we got on here all of this conversation about i'm shy i'd be so nervous that i hit record and she was like raw gotcha Suckle, pow 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 yeah <laughs> look when, but I'm telling, when, when my when my when my significant others on i'll tell y'all right now before y'all even come on here be like oh she real quiet today i'm very submissive so he here, I'm like this. Well, <laughs> Just know. We've seen it. <laughs> <laughs> we know what to expect. But he brings out the best in me. <laughs> Listen, not only that we we appreciate your energy, your candor, we appreciate your story, but we also appreciate everything that you and Jamie are bringing to the community and to the world. So thank you so much. Uh, it is definitely an honor to have you on here. Thank you for 
accepting this invitation. Your energy is definitely going to make this an episode to remember. Um, yeah, you're going you're gonna to have to make me answer some questions that I don't be trying to answer. But hey, that's what happened when you opened up yourself to stuff. Okay, I got one question. You got you to do one for me. You got to do okay. one. Uh, one. Between one and 52, what number? 46. You must have looked at 46. I no, hope this that's, a good that's one. my age. Oh, really? Okay. Mm -hmm. You look good for 46. Well, thank you. I appreciate you. <laughs> You're welcome. 46 says, hello, Black man. Talk about your most memorable travels from departure to return. Of course, you don't have to do that. Highlight the highs and the lows. What's your bucket list of places to visit? So first, what is your most memorable travel? Hmm. Mm. Looking for a positive or just a crazy? Just memorable. Like what stands when you think travel, what stands out in your mind? Like not Santa Monica. Like I want to go back. <laughs> okay. But it doesn't have to be a good thing. It could have been something bad. You know, I'm a military man, so my first deployment was the craziest. Mm. Kosovo, mm. landmines, the bridge coming, uh, the Berlin Wall coming down, all of that. Wow. And where and were you? The crazy thing about it was, is I was so young and so excited. And I'll drop a picture. We took some pictures out there. I didn't understand the danger we was in. We were just out there being silly, having fun. Right. My 23-year-old self was just like, hey, but my 46-year-old self is like, yo, I wouldn't have got on that plane. <laughs> you are crazy. <laughs> we were out there having fun, too. We were shenanigans. And right. I back on that, I was like, we were literally in danger every moment of the day. Right. Yeah. So just just a random question. Do you suffer from PTSD from it? Um, I, I, I have PTSD from a variety of things, but therapy mm -hmm. is dope, you know. And, and, well, and the thing is, people, people. Trauma. Mm -hmm. um, if you are allowed to process trauma in a healthy way, you don't necessarily have to have PTSD. It comes from you being in a traumatic experience and then expected to go back into normal life without ever processing it. And that's where the trauma comes from because trauma right. happens in life. So um, right. I've been in some situations, but I've been allowed to properly process them. So that's what's up. You're so dope. Y'all, do y'all hear? Listen, what he at? Y'all better check this man out. Wait, listen, where you at? It's, it's, the, it's the survival for me. <laughs> like, you hear what he's been through, and he's still here, and he's such a great dad. Like, I, I love seeing you with your son. Like, it, it is so um, just motivating to see you in that aspect, to see you in that circle, and then to talk about it so openly and so freely. You know, I, I appreciate that from you. Um, but the last question was, this is not my interview, guys, even though it seems like it. <laughs> <Hi there. laughs> The last question was, what is your bucket list of places to go? Ooh. So I need to start. My plan before the pandemic hit is I want to start taking LJ uh, International. Mm -hmm. um, so me and a buddy, one of the trips we have planned is we want to go to Niagara Falls in New York and then go across the border and go to Toronto. Mm -hmm. So that's one. I want to take LJ out. Man, listen, I know... It's just what people do, but I want to go to to Italy. Mm -hmm. I want to see uh, Sicily. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah, man, all them pictures. People, I, I need to be there. 
you know, I need to walk out, see that ocean and all that like that. Me too. Uh, I definitely want to get down to South America. I've been to Honduras, mm-hmm. but uh, I want to get out in like Colombia, Brazil, mm-hmm. you know, Panama. I've got uh, several close friends from Panama. Mm-hmm. And I want to get way out east, you know, like uh, Thailand, Bali. Um, right. Everybody wants to go to Iceland, but I want to go to check out Greenland. You know, it's cold. Oh, yeah. cold yeah. Yeah, yeah. One of my weirdest places I want to go, I really, we had a, we actually have a contingent of Air Force folks up there, man. I really want to go to the North Pole. Oh, wow. Yeah, cool. I've seen pictures. I don't want to stay long. I just want to see it. <laughs> okay, Santa Claus. Let us know how that works out. <laughs> you, um, you, you said something and I was going to, oh, make sure you write those things down in your journal so you can make sure that they come to fruition. And I know they're not in there. I don't know. Does LJ have a passport? Not yet. That's what we're going to work on. That's, that's, that's your next step. And I want to see it when you get it done because oh. this year we win it. All 2022, 3, 4, 5, 6, we, we win it for the rest of this year. Yeah, because I mean, that's what, that's what we do. All we do is uh, win, 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 no matter what. Hey, you better you better say that DJ Khaled another one. <laughs> it's been fun, John. I appreciate you. I'm not gonna hold you. We've been here. I, listen, I'm not gonna hold you like it's my interview. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Right, it's her interview. She's talking with all this. She's bossage. That's <laughs> who I am, man. Go ahead. Go ahead. Do your thing. Hey, listen, man. Again, we appreciate you, and I'm gonna close out like I always uh, close out. You know, listen. I can't help myself. I've got to inspire. I've got to encourage. I've got to empower. But I can't help myself by being the absolute best version of myself. And you can too. So let's all do it together. Listen, thank y'all. I've had a great time. Thank you so much. Um, I'm going to be pumping it up. Look, everybody, they they got to see this. They're going to see, they gonna have to see this because we had a good time. But with that, we out. You know I got to have your love.